When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. As always, it's newer, and we're talking about. We're gonna just. We're. This is the last episode about the crown, with my brother Raheel. Lord. I'm done Hello. with it. Oh, I'm done with it. I'm done. Time eight, nine, and ten of the crown. We're decommissioning the crown. Oh, that's topical. From when the show came out two and a half months ago, when we should have just should have just watched <laughs> all ten episodes in one go and just done one episode about it. maybe two. Because I think the Muhammad Fayyad stuff is interesting. The rest mm-hmm. of it is just white people problems. Lots no, and lots but of also, white people problems. We got a little bit of Hassan Khan. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we got we got two smooches from Humayun Saeed. Two. Oh boy. How did you feel about that? Do you feel a certain way? No. When you see that, are you is I'm... there anything going on in your head? Nothing going on in my head, much like when I'm watching The Sopranos and there's like tits on every single episode. I'm like, meh. But if they were um, Pakistani tits, don't you think you would, if something would go on in your head? No. Okay. I'm not like, I just, the, I'm not seven, where like I think that like <laughs> people, <laughs> like Muslims or Pakistanis, like can't do stuff like that. Like we just, you know, pray and make babies. Like it's just that's ridiculous. But I, I feel oh. like maybe, maybe like, mm, yeah, maybe when I was like a kid, I would get, I would be like, oh, okay, like I would feel some sort of something, you know. Okay. No, you are a far more evolved person than I am. Oh, okay. When I saw him kissing her, I was like, oh. Omaya Saeed. Like, it happened both times. I was like, oh, Omaya Saeed. <laughs> but why? I don't know. I don't know. It's almost as if we were brainwashed as children. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've I've learned to unlearn a lot of that stuff. That's why I'm in therapy, mm-hmm. okay? That's why I go to therapy. That's what I'm trying to better my brain. I don't know about you and what you're doing. <laughs> uh, we don't have the time for that. No, we don't. Okay, so episode eight was gunpowder. Let's talk about that one first. Um, I think out of the three episodes, it's hard to say if I like this one more or the divorce episode more, but mm-hmm. I think I, I really enjoyed the way this one was shot and like the way yeah. that it was put together and stuff, but it's essentially I- about the BBC, the Martin Bashir, Diana interview, and, and I... You know, we talk about like the media's relationship with the crown and all that stuff and them being in their pockets and all that shit. But like, I didn't realize that it went this far back, I guess, in this way. What do you, what do you mean? Like, I didn't realize that like, you know, okay, so on this episode, it opens with like the BBC and like the one of the people on the board, the head of the board of the BBC is this guy named Marmaduke Hussey, which by the way... Yep. The racist lady from a couple weeks ago, Susan Hussey, yeah. is Marmaduke Hussey's wife, who is Dookie's the, wife. The Queen's, Dookie's wife is the Queen's closest lady in waiting, is a yep. lady that was being racist to black people in the fucking uh, castles or whatever. Palace? Yeah. What do we call those? Uh, I believe they're called palaces. Palisade. <laughs> Structures? Yeah. Palatial mansions, yeah, yeah. It was that lady? Structures that was of like, oppression. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> structures <laughs> of oppression. Yeah, oppression house. So, 
I was like, because when he was like, oh, Duke Hussey, I was like, Hussey. And then I looked up, I was like, Susie. <laughs> they were singing Happy Birthday to Sue. That's the Sue that they were singing Happy Birthday to? Yeah. So amazing. It's all real life. Anyway, makes sense. Anyway, so the guy, the, the head of the BBC dude, Duke Hussey, like he keeps talking about like how, you know, the crown needs to like, we need to uphold the crown because if it wasn't for the crown the bbc wouldn't be anything and all this shit right and then even in mm -hmm. the castle itself the castle the palace itself the queen doesn't have satellite television because she doesn't feel like there needs to be satellite television and they just have like that one tv it has like bbc one two and three and then that's it that's all they watch and then like you know you forget like i forget that there was that time like even when we were growing up until we yeah. got satellite television we only had three channels. We had two channels. Two channels? Was it, was it two? Yeah, it was two. So the third channel was what we watched was a VCR channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chan channel one was all in Arabic. <laughs> channel two was in, uh, was in English. Do you remember this about channel two? For some reason, uh, channel two had uh, news in French. Like they I had like a whole that. French, yeah. They 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 broadcast and use in French inside radio. Are you sure it was French? One hundred percent. How do you know? Because I remember. I mean, I was, you know, walking about. I remember being like, I don't understand <laughs> I was, this. They're showing. I was this walking in about. I said, "Wee oui, wee, oui, bonjour." It's the French news. <laughs> <laughs> Having a jaunt with my baguette and my beret. <laughs> Mother, father, it's French news o'clock. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, how did you know it was French? Did you even know what French sounded like? I am sure it was French. God damn, I gotta go back and look this up now. Because <laughs> he said, I was like, why are they showing this in French? But I just figured, okay, I guess French is a second global language. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look this up. Talk your shit. The um, only thing yeah, that I'm then... thinking that it could have been is because like, you know, like in Lebanon, people speak French. So, in what, Lebanon, you, yeah, you in don't a, know that. In Algeria and Morocco, they speak French. Don't people in Lebanon also speak French? We are assholes. <laughs> We're so stupid. <laughs> Here's what we think should happen with the crown. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I just had some pakora and they were really spite the salty, and mm -hmm. I don't have enough water up here, so it's just going to be a mouth sound good time for the rest of the time here. Asthma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's ASMR. Anyway, um, the queen. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got we had two channels, and then it uh, expanded to eight channels after we got the satellite dish. Mm -hmm. The satellite dish also came with some boobies, which is nice. Um, oh, I don't remember any boobs. Well, there were boobs compared to what was on the Saudi TV. Which Saudi is no TV. boobs. Yeah, exactly. Full House used to be censored. We talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, it was just like boobs in the sense that there was a woman who had boobs. Yes. It wasn't the like bare breasts. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, anyway, the queen, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, finish your thought about television channels. No, that was it. I wanted oh, okay. to go back to this episode. Oh, okay, great, yeah. The queen wants satellite, but even that is like a secret because she doesn't want them to find out about it. But listening to like uh, Dookie talk about like how, you know, without the queen or without the royal charter, it's not Great Britain. I was like, oh, okay, like this is from 1995. So like for people to believe these things in 1995, it makes sense why like they're so violently racist against Meghan. Because like he kept going like, you know, without the crown, we're not Great Britain. We're just Britain. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So you're aware of your supremacy. Yep. It's like so, that guy, um, the caller that like dialed into like the radio station a couple of months ago because of uh, Rishi yeah. Sunak. Exactly. So the between the three episodes, right? I think this one was probably the one where I felt it was the most current. Like it was commenting on mm -hmm. current stuff because I'm not sure mm -hmm. when this uh, season was shot or whatever. But to me, I think it's obvious that it was shot after Meghan and Harry, uh, their interview last year. Mm. I would think because I mm. felt like that's all I thought about when I was watching it. 
right? Um, there, there is like that whole media relationship and how the media views and uh, the crown and how they kind of piggyback on each other, right? Like when it's working well for them, like this is the thing that William and uh, uh, Catherine, Kate, yeah, this is the thing that they're still relying on. Like when they came to America yeah. a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago, this is what they were hoping for. And while they were here, you could still see um, how they, you know, you could see like that in action. Like you yeah. could see how that was being covered. And, you know, they went to that, you sent me that link about, you know, how they went to the Celtics game. Yeah. And then the Celtics players and coaches mm-hmm. afterwards were asked about it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, who's the one doing the asking? Like that is not, nobody gives a shit. Right. That yeah. Is nobody here cares. Somebody that's been planted by, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's mm. by the crown or the system or whoever, but it's obviously part of like the PR cycle or whatever. So that stuff still exists. Um, and then the second part is like, uh, you know, there's been this whole thing about Megan. Uh, obviously, you and I believe that it's deeply rooted in racism, but there's a lot of people that say stuff about like, oh, you know, she is uh she's going up against the crown and we really mm-hmm. care about the monarchy and this is anti-queen and all and all this other stuff right and i would say like 95 percent of those people are very pro-diana right yeah mm-hmm. but if if you think about like the transgression of diana going on the bbc while she was still married to charles yes. when she was queen and w- waiting versus yes. megan and harry um, you know, interviewing with Oprah after mm-hmm. they'd left the the royal family when they were in America, announcing it like they announced that they were going to be doing an interview and all this other stuff. Like it's incomparable. Like the transgression of Diana is so much, so much worse if you want to look at it. Yeah, um, she's literally sitting there and saying that she thinks that the king, the next king of England, is incompetent. She's yes, like, and this is his wife. She's talking about that. This... She's talking about him like sleeping with other women. He's she is talking about literally all of it. She's talking about how the crown is not yep. like uh it's they're not sympathetic to people with mental health crises. Like she's talking about all of those things. I think that it's interesting because even with the Megan and Harry interview, people weren't mad at Harry. They're only mad at Megan. That's the thing. Like, like even these like weirdo. There's there's this weirdo lady on TikTok. Her TikTok handle is called. I only I don't follow her or anything. It came up on Twitter. Her TikTok handle is called Royal News Network. I think she just called it herself. There's no news. There's no network, yeah. and she's not royal. She's got eyebrows like my friend Cara Berry called them silent, silent film eyebrows. <laughs> Very expressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, as in like thin, like the oh, okay. the, the eyebrows of like a, an actress from like the silent films, um, like thinner than Betty Boop. And then like she's talking about there's like she's like, oh, here's just my observations from a bunch of stock photos that I found on the Internet of Harry and Meghan at the Kennedy Center Awards. And mm-hmm. Harry is holding an umbrella for her. He is walking behind her and she's like. You know, he's just he's her accessory and she does she doesn't give him the respect that he needs and he's really shut himself down. He looks miserable and she has that psychotic smile plastered on her face. So maybe (laughs) she could dial it down and he could dial it up. And she's like, whereas when you see Kate and William, you don't feel that they feel like a partner, like people that you're literally just making things up. It it's just nonsense it's complete nonsense and it's always 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 against megan so they're never like even with harry and so even with diana them supporting diana in that situation even though she did this massive transgression as somebody married into the royal family like we at this point sarah ferguson was already divorced so we had already heard about all the the things the tea of the monarchy already at that point but for diana to go and do it in the position that she was, was a really big fucking Mm -hmm. deal. But the reason why they were supportive of her and not supportive of Megan is because of racism. Like there's no, there's nothing else. And and you know, the the thing is, is like, you know, there's like this, um, there's this, uh, because these sides have, because these two sides have been um, like, they've been established for so long. 
um, there is this tendency of people to be like, oh, you know what, don't uh, people just are doing race baiting and all this other stuff, right? Like, oh, everything isn't racism. You know, it's actually we're actually talking about the person you calling me a racist because of this shows how small minded you are or whatever. Uh-huh. But the thing is, it is it is so like it's so stupid and so transparent that it's you know, it's like it is racism. Like the, the that yeah. thing about like Harry being somehow bewitched by this exotic woman I know how so, ridiculous that sounds. It's a racist trope. No, it's a, but it's but, a racist trope. Yeah. It is a racist trope. and But that is exactly the argument that these people are making. Like, that is how dumb that argument is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It is rooted in, like, such, like, centuries-old bullshit of, like, of how people, uh, how certain white people view minorities, right? It's like, yeah. oh, you can't trust this this exotic woman that has entrapped our poor, innocent, white prince he has no choice because he's, you know, she's done some voodoo voodoo magic on him or some bullshit. Sounds ridiculous, right? But beneath all of like, you know, whatever uh, like academic um, uh, debate they want to have or whatever about about Megan, that is still that's that's the stuff that you're dealing with. That's all there is. There isn't yeah. anything real there. So yeah. Um. So the other thing I thought that was interesting in this episode is that. There's a lot, obviously, that I think that Diana is doing actively knowing the impact that she's about to make, right? But there's mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff that the media tends to build up, which is what they showed on this episode, too. We already know at this point that Martin Bashir has already made shit up. He's made shit up. Her brother catches on. She tries to talk to her about it, talk to him about it and say, like, hey, there were some inconsistencies with the things you told my brother. And he turns it around on her and is like, I get it. You're having second thoughts. This stuff happens. We get it. You're just going to find – we understand. It's nerves, all this stuff. And then when he brings up the Guy Fox thing, it's like you're making this a bigger thing than it actually is for her. Like while I think that Diana mm-hmm. was intentional in what she was doing, she wanted her story out. And I think in her mind she was thinking to herself, "What Charles got to do an interview to clarify those weird tampon calls that he was having. And I have to sit here on the side and I don't ever get to tell, tell my story, right? Yeah. So I don't think that she was going into it. And this is just me from the show. I don't know this woman. I don't think she was going into it thinking to herself like, oh, I am doing this. You know, I'm going to be a traitor to the crown or whatever. This isn't high yeah. treason in her mind. In her mind, it was I need to get my story out because no one is fucking listening to me. To the point where at the end when she has that meeting with the queen to tell her about the interview, The queen is kind of like, the queen reacts in a way that a person who doesn't understand mental health issues reacts. You know, the way she's like, all we ever want for you is to be happy. And like, it's so funny to hear the queen talk about, I just want you to be happy, even though we've seen, like, the entire fucking monarchy is fucking miserable. Everybody is miserable. So what is happiness to you? Happiness to the royal family, in my opinion, seems more like I just want you to be content with the fact that you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. Just pretend that this is as happy as you're going to be and don't ever ask for more because why would you ever want to ask for more? It's bananas. And and I think it's that's for other people also, right? I mean, so that is their recommendation to outsiders. That, That would be their recommendation for like Megan. Um, yeah. And I'm sure it's it's to some level that is a recommendation to somebody like Kate also. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, just and I think Kate has accepted that and she plays that role re- really well. Yeah. That, but that isn't what is uh, recommended for somebody like William. Right. I think William yeah. goes out and he does whatever the fuck he wants to. Um, yep. And he as long he's as long as he just puts on a good public face, that's all they care about. So it's not actually. Um, equal for everybody i think does the queen say at that point she's like oh you know we're all diana says that you know she's been looking to have a conversation with her for a long time and she's like we're all so busy it's like bitch i just watched you try to fuddle around with a a remote control for like 25 minutes so like what are you talking about so busy there's a lot of long lunches a lot of boring lengthy lunches with your mother queen also um 
you were saying like how it's it's not fair and it's like different for outsiders than it is for insiders. I think it's also uh, women, right? Because like the queen, for the most part that we're watching, the queen has done her duty. She's a you know abides by the rules, and yeah. she does what she's supposed to do. But she doesn't mm-hmm. break the rules ever. And Philip got gets to break the rules because that's the understanding is that you get to break the rules and that's fine. You just need yeah. to keep it hush hush. And mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's also just a separate set of rules for men versus women. So that's the other thing is like it's like, oh, OK, you have a queen. So feminist of you. But look at this. Look at this shit. <laughs> now, how does this affect you as uh, you're a royalist from what I understand? You're big on the monarchy. <laughs> An Anglophile. Um, I I am planning, I am planning to uh, book my trip. I'm actually going to finalize it, I think, later this week uh, to take our mother with us on vacation to London, to old London town. And, you know, uh, (laughs) you know what's crazy? You want to hear something? Ever since Charles became king, I was like, I don't give a fuck about Buckingham Palace. It's like my dick. I don't care. Like, I don't Uh. think I've. I like drive by, I'll look at it, take a couple of pictures, make the kids stand next to a couple of nutcrackers or whatever they are, and then that's it. <laughs> Bingo bango. Like that's it. I don't care. Nutcrackers like the Royal Guard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um do you think that if you watch this interview um back then that you would be flabbergasted? So I was trying to remember uh if I like what I recalled of it, because I do recall it happening. I recall it being talked about, I think on Saturday Night Live or something mm. like that. I have this memory of, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards? Yeah. Goose from Top yeah. Gun. I yeah. think he played Diana on a stick. <laughs> it was really good. Like it was amazing. Because he was doing like the side thing. I got to yeah, find I... that skit. Yeah. And he was doing like the side, like with, like tilting his head. It was amazing. Um, my understanding from that time was that there were people who were basically saying that Diana was, they were calling her out on it. Like they mm-hmm. were like, this is wrong. Um, and I think there may have been, a con- you know, there's like derogatory stuff about her as a woman and stuff like that. Right. So yeah. I remember it being like, like there being like negativity around it. But by the time that she passed, like two years later, none of that was around anymore. Like she was just a huge celebrity and I think she was beloved at, at, at that point. But yeah, it's so interesting. Cause like, I didn't realize how close together these things were like, let's just, so let's move on to the next episode. The next episode is episode 31 uh, episode called mm-hmm. couple 31. And I also, the thing I enjoyed about this episode is that uh, the way that it was cut together with all of the divorce proceedings, um, that we saw like regular people going through divorce and then the, the, you know, Charles and Diana's divorce. I thought that that was really cool. Um, but essentially yeah, I, this episode, I, yeah, the queen says just end it already. You know, let's yeah. put us all out of our misery. I think out of the three, this was my favorite episode. I think the mm-hmm. first one was, or episode eight, the gunpowder one was more exciting just because yeah. there's like a, like a spy movie element to it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is uh, bombastic, but this is the one that I think I, I thought of the most because it was very interesting, and I really liked how they put it together. Like you said, right about like regular couples going through stuff, and you see why divorces happen, right? Like it's not a lot of times it's not because people fall out of love; it's because people have to work longer hours because people are trying to provide for their family and then there's like tensions that happen and all this other stuff right like this is how regular people these are the the realities of regular people and then you contrast that with like the absurdity of the queen's request of having the highest paid public servant insane the prime minister act as a go between for her kids because it can't embarrassing get it together. like <laughs> if that was my last act as a yeah. pm yeah i would drive off a bridge it was horrible <laughs> horrible to ask the pm to be like hey hey love what you're doing you're doing great but just like one thing you know my kids right you know my son charles <laughs> He's been having some issues, so you don't mind just like getting in the middle. Like that's so fucking embarrassing. 
Also, like the audacity, the audacity of the royal family to ask for that. Could you imagine her telling Winston Churchill that? Yeah, that's a, that's a, but that's a crazy thing, right? Because like he goes along with it. He is actually he proud of the work that he does. What is he gonna say no? Yeah, his wife is pissed off, but he's like, <laughs> no, this is a great honor. What? crazy i did like the um pr guy because you know we talked a lot about uh on the podcast about how camilla and charles might be the great <laughs> the greatest <laughs> love story of our generation yeah but the I most think enduring love story of our time yeah but i mean i also think to myself like maybe it is because camilla's apparently got the best fucking pr guy in the game oh who, i like, love that pr guy T- takes her from a dusty dandruff t- chain smoker who's hiding <laughs> behind her windows to fucking queen consort. I love that guy. So <laughs> yeah, he was really around. good. Um, mm-hmm. So they get divorced. And Charles then goes to visit Diana. And I really enjoyed oh, this entire stretch. I love this scene so much. The first note I wrote down was, why doesn't one eat scrambled eggs all the time? <laughs> Are you, do you like scrambled eggs or an omelet? Uh, I would, if I can get, if I can put an omelet together, if uh-huh. I can, uh, you know, hold the shape uh-huh. and the texture, I will go with an omelet. But, you know, if it doesn't, then it's just scrambled eggs. But my preference is omelet. I, I prefer a scrambled egg. No, you don't. I do. Why would you prefer a scrambled eggs? Now, are you putting cheese into your scrambled eggs? Of course. Okay. Now, when you're making your omelet, <laughs> how, what's the distribution of the cheese? Is it different? <laughs> this conversation is so absurd. Okay, let me tell you about the perfect omelet. I make omelets for Aiden uh, multiple times a week because he loves, mm-hmm. love, love, loves a cheesy, cheesy omelet. So this is how I do it. Listen up, yeah. ladies and gents. Okay, I take two eggs and I whip them up like in a bowl, right? I add some seasonings to it and stuff. And then in a nonstick pan, I add a good smattering of butter, right? Make sure it's all coated. And then I put the egg on the uh, on the buttered pan. And I make sure that it's spread across, like the entire surface of the pan is covered in the egg, right? And then we lower the heat. We cook on as low as heat as possible. And then we sprinkle a big line of cheese right down the middle. And then when the sides sides have decided to like firm up a little bit, I just take one side with a with a nonstick spatula and I put it put it over. I I tuck the cheese into a little omelet blanket a little egg blanket and then just for extra uh security what i like to do is when it's all tucked in i like to sprinkle some more cheese on the top and then i flip it so that the cheese crisps up at the on the pan and then i give it to my child and he loves it so so uh, now i understand this is a proper way to make a french omelet Uh i it's not but okay well, whatever. But, you know, I mean, I think at least in theory, that is a French omelet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in practice for myself, um, I am too much of a coward to just fold one side that is that hasn't been cooked yet. And then just mm-hmm. rely on the fact that it's going to cook while it's inside the blanket. You know what I mean? Like, I know, but it is fold- cooked. I know. I know. I know that that's how it works. For me, I'm worried about eating raw eggs. And I just don't trust myself. That's ridiculous. First of all, grow up. (laughs) Grow up and face the salmonella, okay? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Um, Yeah, you are too much of a coward. What I'm doing then is I'm flipping the entire omelet on the other side. And I'm I'm letting the entire face of the omelet cook. And then I put a slice of cheese on the already cooked side and i just oh my let it god yeah, yeah overcooked no. egg you're eating overcooked it is eggs. extremely overcooked it's like an <laughs> overcooked desi omelet <laughs> no yeah desi omelets we should say south asian omelets are brown yeah <laughs> they're brown they're um they're overcooked honestly they're that's overcooked, the best for you they're sure. fully overcooked. they're overcooked 
But anytime, have you ever had them and said, oh, this is bullshit. I don't want to be eating this. No, never. I always want to eat exactly. Um, yeah. So I like a scrambled egg because of the speed <laughs> for myself. Because when I'm making myself eggs, I just want to quickly mm-hmm. eat it and then move on to the next thing. I never give myself time to like slow down and enjoy a thing, you know, because I'm just like always trying to eat so I can move on to the next thing I need to do. Um, I know this is crazy. It's the life it's of a mother. <laughs> I know this is crazy because I know it's not true. But I feel like when I scramble an egg, it feels like I'm losing some of the egg, even though I know I'm not. Like it feels like less egg versus like one egg that I use for an omelet. I feel like I have like substantially less egg material when I know that's impossible. But that's okay, just what it feels like. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of perception. <laughs> I'm sure it's that's a difference, what it is. Like, in- area versus mass but it's all the same it's the same amount of egg you lunatic i, f- I think i'm maybe it's because i'm losing some air somewhere i don't know i don't know air i have no idea <laughs> are we worse at science or geography <laughs> how you know your news is french um anyway <laughs> anyway Anyway, this meeting is going really well. It's so cute. And then it unravels because Charles is a deeply, deeply insecure person. Let's just say what it's saying. What? Okay, let's just let's just call it what it is. Let's just call it what it she is. She was come on. She was she was a little bit what did he say? He's like, that's the most cutting, like the most devastatingly cutting thing without like the intention or something like that. I felt bad because for Charles. Here's there. the thing that's frustrating about Charles. Charles knows. Charles knows that the thing that he has to do, the job that he has is a nonsense job. He knows that it's unfair. He mm-hmm. knows that the thing that he's been born to do is a thing that he deeply, deeply does not want to do. It's a job that nobody should want. He knows all those things. He knows that people should be allowed to do more than just be king or queen. Yeah. He knows that. Yeah. Because we've seen him, like, want to do those things his entire life on the crown, right? All she was, yes, she was being snarky about it. And, yes, she was probably not being very nice about it. What she's saying is true, though. That, like, she doesn't think that the crown, that the person she's married to, is capable of being a king. at the Because she thinks that he should be doing something else. That That she doesn't think that it's fair. And then... After that, when like even when she's talking about her relationship, he's also being an asshole because he's like, can we use her name? And she's like, fucking Camilla. And then he's like, she's like, yeah, I didn't stand a chance. And then she's like, why? He's like, well, why did you marry me? And she's like, because I loved you. And he's, she's like, why did you marry me? And he's like, because my mom told me to. Like, <laughs> that's absurd. Absurd. Like you, you don't want to be king. You don't want to be king. You did not want to marry this woman. You are doing things because your mother is telling you that you should be doing them. And all she's pointing out is the fact that it is all wrong and it is messed up and it is not the way that we should deal with human beings. I think, I think so. I think in that, in, in that moment, right. I think if you want to look at it from like an optimistic side, a point of view for both of them. Um, you know, the fact that Charles isn't born to be king, like his mentality isn't of somebody that should be king or whatever. Ultimately, that's a good thing, right? Like nobody yeah. should be born. Like nobody should have that sort of mentality. If you do, you are a psychopath on some level, right? Mm-hmm. Unless if you want to say that, you know, it's a duty or whatever. So I think that's probably what she was driving at, right? Like he's almost too good a person. He's too thoughtful of a person to be somebody who could just sit on the crown as a king and that be it like you need to have something almost kind of missing i think Mm -hmm. some sort of perspective thing missing to be able to be okay with that um so but i can also see why it's not like he has a choice in that moment like his choice is okay i don't want the crown but is that really like Mm -hmm. is that what you would want charles to do if if Charles today came out and said, you know what, shut this whole thing off, right? I mean, I'd love that. Yeah, I think me? I'd love that too. I don't I know what I'm making. And the thing is, I think the thing is, like Charles is so close to saying that 
right? Like he's so close mm-hmm. to doing that. He's so close to saying like, this is all archaic and it's all nonsensical. And he knows that to be true. I mean, he essentially is, he went through that experience in his marriage, right? Like he was told that this is a person that you need to marry and she's going to be good for your image and all those things. It's going to be good for the crown if you marry this woman. He marries her. It doesn't go well. He gets divorced and he's now with the woman that he really, really wants to be with. I don't think that Charles really wants to be king. He barely wanted yeah. to sign his name on the things on during with his big fat, fat sausage fingers during his coronation and stuff. He's like, I got the date wrong. I'm annoyed. The whole thing. So like all this whole season, I was saying how like, oh, the show is making Charles look really good. But then I was watching this episode and I was like, oh, right. But Charles is still like a like an, you know, uh, an insecure small man. Yeah. Who who hated the fact that his wife got more attention than him. He hated the fact that he was more liked by people because of Diana. Even though she was such a huge asset to him, he hated that about her. Because I think he also knew that like, if he was to leave her and actually be with the person he loved, that he would not be as well liked. Which is true. Nobody gives a shit about him. Everybody's waiting for him to die and then for William to be king, which is what Diana says. Like, All of my support is now on William. Which is true. We know that now. So, although William losing it too, that racism has made him real ugly. You know, I would, and for me, after watching this season, I'm mm. more pro Charles than I am pro William. Like I, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to William replacing Charles. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because I feel like if Charles was the one asking about the color of uh, Megan's baby then no <laughs> i then i don't like charles but you know like so no, of course yeah yeah no, so then the next episode episode 10 which is the final episode they like bookended the show with like the the yacht the royal yacht and on this mm-hmm. episode so we had the queen's birthday we have we check back in with the fiads um, Hong Kong gets its, in, its independence and then they're decommissioning the boat and then Tony Blair is also the next PM. Um, okay, I have to address this because all I think about is The Sopranos, but on this episode, it's the Queen's birthday and like everybody's giving their gifts and stuff, right? And like Charles gives his mother like a really thoughtful gift and she's like, oh, okay, this is nice. And then I think it's Edward gives the queen a present and she fucking loves it. And it's one of those uh, singing bass, singing Billy Bass sh- uh, fish from like CVS, whatever. And yeah. I've been watching The Sopranos season three yeah. and it is heavily featured in season three. And I was like, what's happening? Yeah. Also, it's all connected. Uh, in, uh, Tony's dream. When he looks yes. at. Uh... Tony's dream. Meadow gives him that gift on Christmas. It's a whole thing. It's mentioned many times. He breaks one over the one guy who loses an eye because of Ralphie's head at the strip club. <laughs> it's just so the queen loves that gift. And then you see like Charles be like, oh, fucked it up again. She likes something else more than me. Right. Um, <laughs> were you excited to see the Fayeds again this episode? I was. Um, I really wasn't, actually. Um, I was kind of like that whole what was that at the, they're at the ballet or something, right? Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. kind of dreading it. I was dreading. I know, it made me everything. sad. Yeah, I wasn't excited. I was excited about the first one. This one, I was just like, oh man, I hope. Like, I, I, I didn't know when, like, if she was signed on for one season or two seasons, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Becky. So mm-hmm. I didn't know if I, we were going to be getting, you know, the Paris thing. Um, in this episode or not so i was scared about that um yeah. and then Dodie's relationship with that actress like it was just it's just sad all like nothing about it is exciting it's just like uh muhammad fayed is a piece of shit about like at the in the restaurant and he's just it's the worst i didn't realize that diana was only divorced for like a year when she died that's yeah. so so sad um, yeah, they were separated that, for a while, but yeah, they were I mean, separated for a while, but yeah. Woman, yeah, they were officially only divorced for like a year because a divorce in July 1996. She mm-hmm. died in August 1997. It's yeah. Deeply, deeply depressing. Um, 
Charles is really flexing his shit this episode. He goes to Hong Kong. Um, he's having a private, what do they call them? A private, not a meeting. Audience? Audience. A private audience with Tony Blair. I should yeah. start using that. What if I like change all my work meetings to audiences? I'll get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Big Pharma will be like, give us back your pitchfork. Let's go. <laughs> Anyway, um, I also forgot that, like, Hong Kong, um, I forgot that Hong Kong gained its independence um, recently. Like, all these things, I, like, I remember it when it yeah. happened, but then I was like, huh, huh. Huh. What did huh. you know? What did you I know? Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Um, um, but then, yeah, Charles kind of won me back again this episode because he's like, you know, the monarchy is old. We need to have. Yeah. But then also he's doing all this shit. He's doing all this stuff. Like with Tony Blair, he's like, you know, coming up with a plan for the yacht and all this shit. Right. He's doing all these things, not because he actually thinks he wants better for the country, but so that he could fucking marry camilla like yeah. it's again it's so pathetic he's like it's as ridiculous as the pm the last pm having to like be a mediator between charles and diana and their divorce like this guy he's like tony blair's like so excited to like meet him or whatever and spend time with charles and the entire conversation tony blair's like could you imagine like being forced to like not marry the love of your life because you're your mom like yeah. it's again it's it's preposterous it's now, ridiculous. You call it pathetic, and it is. The entire thing is pathetic, right? Having said mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. once again, Charles fucking loves Camilla so hard. He loves it's her cute. so much. Okay, <laughs> truly, they're best friends. They're best friends. <laughs> he loves her so much. And like, I don't know. And the thing is, I hate to, I don't, I, I hate to be mean, but it has to be love. Like, when you look at 100%. them. 100%. Yeah, like, of course. <laughs> yeah, they're not. You are loving yeah, the, you're loving the person. You are, you are not attracted to the image. No. I mean, Charles had Princess Diana, who at her time was like one of the most stunning women of the world, right? Like, yeah. this gorgeous, like a model, a full gorgeous mm -hmm. princess model, right? Like Camilla? Yeah. Camilla's had the same haircut since 1964. <laughs> Things have uh, not changed. There's no evolution with Camilla no. at all. <laughs> yeah, they love each other. They really do. And, really and you do. you look at that and you go, well, good for you. <laughs> good for good you. for you guys, I guess. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Um... Anyway, they get rid of the boat. <laughs> I love, I, I do like that scene when they're like talking about the, I forget the order because I watched this a while ago, mm -hmm. but I like the entire family sitting there, <laughs> the entire yeah. family sitting there just like fucking beggars and being astonished that the people will not pay for their fucking luxury. <laughs> just, they're just, yes. that's who they are. Like you can have all the fucking crowns. You can have all the thrones. You can have fucking giant weddings you can shut down the country whatever the hell At the end of the day this is who you are you are freeloaders that are just sitting there and you're just expecting the people to pay for your shit that's who you are yeah and i guess like that's really what they're holding on to now at this point right like when we talk about like they talk about like their legacy and like what the crown means and all that shit at this point it's just one family trying to hold on to their property and there's stuff that somebody else pays for like they're yeah. wa they're waiting for some, the rug to be pulled from underneath them a rug that they feel they're entitled to be on <clears throat> sorry you know what's you know what surprised me is mm -hmm. i didn't know about that about that tv show that they had with the poll and stuff like that yeah me either um, because this is like 95 right i i didn't know that these conversations about dismantling the monarchy were happening back then yeah um, and the thing is, we're having that conversation now. I think it's about 50-50, honestly. 
And the fact that for, in 1995, a lot of people were like, hey, we should get rid of the monarchy. This is fucking stupid. That they've lasted 27 years and kind of gained support somehow. I, you know, that's why I think that PR guy is amazing. Because, yeah. you know, he's, you know, that's the kind of PR you need. Like, in 2022, with everything that we know about the world, with the internet, we the news that we get or whatever, for somebody to be, like, a royal lover, I don't understand. That is a hell of a trick to pull on the people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you sell that? But people are buying it. People are buying it to the point that they will use their love of the royals to be openly racist. Yeah. And it's bananas it is bananas and like like i don't know i don't but i mean and the thing is it doesn't matter if you were oppressed by them because we know people we know south asians who fucking love the crown fucking love them it's insane (laughs) royalists (laughs) like you (laughs) um it was kind of like a i think it was the end of ep- the last the second last episode of divorce episode where they show shots from the actual wedding that like mm-hmm. brought the entire shut the entire city down and like brought the entire world together i mean i remember i worked with somebody when when william and kate got married i think it was i think they got married the same year as me i think it was 2011. 2011 right yeah yeah, yeah. and um uh maybe that's why they're still together because they got married the same year as me it was a good year to get married anyway um <laughs> But I, re- I remember there was this woman that I worked with who was like, I'm taking off two days because I got to watch the royal wedding. Like, All right, crazy. She's like, you guys don't understand. You don't understand. It's a huge deal. Okay. I watched, I watched it with my mom when I was younger, when Diana got married. It's a big deal. And I was like, I don't yeah. care. Crazy. Like, I don't understand. But the, yeah, there are people who, I mean, Megan and Harry's wedding, I only watched through Twitter. It was really, really funny because people were just like so hilarious about it. But that was yeah. an interesting wedding because I was like, okay, at least there's like some, you know, there's something different that we're watching here. It was like Hollywood. Fucking Priyanka Chopra was there. Like there were people there, you know, <laughs> other people there. But like, yeah, William I, and Kate's wedding. I was like, all right, whatever. I, I wonder what that is. I wonder what the draw is. I, I wonder if it's like escapism of being like, oh, you know what? It would be nice. Like the fantasy of being a royal um, from like whatever the stories and stuff that you read growing up, right? Well, Elizabeth's coronation, because they talk about this, right, on Mm -hmm. like the BBC episode is that Elizabeth's coronation was the first televised coronation and people loved it. And after that, they started putting more and more cameras on royal events like that because they realized Mm -hmm. how much the media helps the royal support. And that's the thing. It's like I think as much as people in the UK probably are have problems with the monarchy, the issue is that because of the media, there is so much support that they have around the world because it's like, you know, the last like royal family that we get to like have eyes on. I think yeah. that's like that's really all it is because people want to hold on to this like bullshit prince, princess, royal family, bizarro world shit. And I'm like, I don't care about I don't this. Get because I would rather speaking. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, objectively speaking, there is no advantage of this, right? Other than maybe making money. Maybe it's the money that is coming into the country or whatever, which I'm sure is nice, right? But objectively speaking, it doesn't make sense to just accept that God has ordained these select few human beings to rule over you. It's silly. It's silly. Do you think that like the Saudi royals have that too, or do, are are we all aware that they don't have that? Oh no, I, I I don't think any of us are under the impression that they have that. I think with the with the Arab royal families in general, um, it's just I think what we all accept is that they were right place, right time, and they're yeah. just making a shitload of money based off of that. That's all it is. It's random, but. You know, I never look at the Arab royal family and be like, oh, you know what? This is uh, like an Islamic thing, right? I completely disassociate them from that. Now, having said that, the Arab royal family knows enough, especially the Saudi Arabian royal family. They know enough to tie themselves to the faith in certain ways, right? So they they do a really good job of taking care of the holy cities and, 
yeah. making it easier for people to 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 you know to do pilgrimages and stuff like that, right? So I, I wouldn't say easier for people, but yes, they've made it. No, it did. Mm, they've okay. made it more accessible. Like you they've know, made that it is... accessible in some ways. Yes, they have. Yeah. Um, and they make it a very comfortable experience when you're there. Yeah. It's just yeah. also extremely expensive, and all of that. It's not an well, affordable experience. It's it's different, no, but that's the thing, right? It's it's uh, expensive for us because we're coming from here. Um, mm-hmm. There are other avenues for people from you know from India and Pakistan where it is much cheaper, but also it's you know you don't get the same luxury that yeah. you know when we go from here. It's, it's so it's yeah. different. So I mean, in terms of being gatekeepers of like the holy cities, they've done a good job. They've done a. They've, they've done a good enough job to like practically make it accessible for people. So you know I think crazy? what happens is, yeah. Okay. yeah, no, no, go ahead. No. So w- what tends to happen then is, you know, when you, when real life issues like homophobia and uh, misogyny and, and all those things are kind of leveled against the Arab Royal family, a lot of Muslims think that it's an attack on Islam when it's yeah. not. Like, that's not what the, you know, that's not what it should be. But anytime you talk anti-Arab royal family, people are like, oh, no, that's an attack on Islam. So, you know, I think that's, it's, um, it's a good move that they pulled. It's like a good strategy. Yeah. But nobody's like, yeah, nobody thinks that that's, that's the case. Um, The other thing that I did notice, though, was that all the people that I know who went to the uh, World Cup, they're like tagging they're like tagging the Qatari royal family like their Instagram yeah. handles to like thank them about what's you know putting up this like really nice thing. Anytime somebody like passes or like gets sick or something, people who I know who like live in the UAE or like Qatar or anything like that, they'll like post something on their Instagram about like prayers yeah. for the royal so and so and I'm like get a fucking grip. Relax. Well, they, they don't know, know you. To, like, They're not checking who tagged them. You're fine. They know how to like put the shiny object in front of you. So yeah. you forget. So, yeah, I guess. That's that's essentially what the entire World Cup was, right? It was like the biggest, shiniest object. Um, and they did a good job of it. And now people are really grateful for it. And we've suddenly <sighs> forgotten about all the people that died. No, I have not. I have not forgotten, and I will never forget. Um, all right. Well, that's it for this episode. I think this is our last episode about the crown and, and the Thursday episode for a little. I'm not releasing any content next week, so thanks oh. everybody for listening. Oh, thank you. Wait, should I say something? What if I want to be? What if I want to do it alone? Okay. Um, if want anybody to wants to, if anybody wants to hear from me. You can find me at the Quick Check in North Brunswick, New Jersey. <laughs> Usually at 1.15 a.m. I'll be outside. Have a cup of coffee. <laughs>